welcome to another episode of Mic'd Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid-America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. Absolutely. Next up is going to be Downtown Lou. Make sure you visit them right here in the heart of Joplin, Missouri on 1st in Maine. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So be sure to visit their website at downtownlube.com for the full list of services. Not a matter of if, matter of when you're going to need that oil change and those tire service. So again, get that taken care of right here in Joplin at Downtown Lube. And welcome into the show. Oh, thank you, sir. Feels good to be back at it again. Um, it, it feels like we've just been so busy. Yeah, it's like I just I can't remember with what though. Like we took a week off, and then it was just like Thanksgiving was there, but there was something that kind of like else that led into it. Mm. Just pretty yeah. good and pretty enjoyable last week. How was your uh, Thanksgiving break? Should I ask? Uh, wonderful. To uh, start did, off with a bang. Did <laughs> <laughs> my boy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, uh, it did. It did. Uh, it was good. Did some traveling. Uh, got to see uh, family members and new family members. So that nice. was an exciting time. Uh, this month has flown by. I, I literally tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, um, hey, in a couple days. How old are you turning? Is this 30? 28. Man, I've turned 35 <laughs> years now with you guys. <laughs> the longer I'm around, the more I'm just 30. Like, I'm going to hit 30, and you're going to be like, oh, man, you were 35 years ago. I was like, no, I was 25 five years ago. Well, like, we've like celebrated those, 30 that many times. Yes, those girls who celebrate um, their 30th birthday annually. It's like, oh, this is my <laughs> fourth 30th birthday. That's yes, exactly. You, but you're going to actually be turning 30. I'm not even going to enjoy the dirty 30. You guys ruined that for me. <laughs> yeah, you've already done it. Uh, we have a lot of football to get to. College football, sadly, it's wrapping up. This is like, it's the most exciting time of the year for college football, and it's the saddest time of year for college football. No joke. And I've already decided that on Saturday, I am just camping out in front of my TV. It's actually, it's going to start Friday night uh, with the Pac-12 championship game, and then I just, I don't know if I'm going to move from my couch. I'm going to have one of those weekends. Uh, it's a very big weekend for us as Texas fans, but also yeah. uh, some NFL stuff to get to. Just watching the games this weekend, and, and then the Panthers firing Frank Reich. Uh, it's a tough move uh, in just 11 games, one year into uh, his first year here. Yeah, 11 games into his first season, and he's already getting fired. I like Frank Reich. He seems like he's a pretty good dude. I have nothing against him. The Panthers look awful. And they just don't look hopeful at all. No, I, and like, I don't know how else to explain it. You know, some people might compare this to the Cardinals and what they did, right? Where like they had a, a first round pick and they take a quarterback and then they realize, you know, with the new coach, like, ah, oh, this just isn't painting out. Let's fire him. Let's get a new coach in. And then, you know, we'll have the number one pick here. And then you get Kyler, you get Cliff. And then now you're at a point where you fired Cliff and you got a new guy in. But you still have your quarterback. I don't know if that's what the owner of the Panthers thought they were going to do. But if that was his mindset, he's failed to realize that they don't have any draft capital anymore. Like They don't have a first-round pick for next year. And you just took a quarterback at the number one spot. Like You took a guy 
that you can't miss on mm -hmm. or you set your franchise back. I mean, if, if five years is what it's not like this. This doesn't feel like something you can just immediately turn around if yeah. you really think Bryce Young is not the answer. And if you fire Frank Reich or what you have done, who are you going to replace him with? I know we ask this question all the time, like, okay, if you fire a guy, who are you going to replace him with? The Panthers don't know. And I heard someone talking about this today of like, you're going to have to sell this job to a coach because nothing looks good. Nothing looks right. There's no talent. You've, you sold everything last year with Christian, with Christian McCaffrey and the draft picks to go up and get the number one spot. And now you're at a spot where it's like you were supposed to let things breathe and kind of develop and you've not given that time to do so. And now you're just screwed. As the Panthers, I feel bad for Bryce Young. Well, I know I said been, I didn't think he was going to be any good, but this is a recipe for just absolute disaster. Well, that's what I was going to say too. Like even that shiny piece of, hey, we have a rookie quarterback, we have a young quarterback. He doesn't look good at all, and I think everybody except for you expected him to be pretty good. Uh, we all had him mocked in you know the top five, and even if you didn't have him as quarterback one, you probably had him as quarterback two. Most people liked him, and it's just not looking good. And it could be surrounding cast. It could be the head coach. And I think you're right, too. You're going to really have to sell this job. Uh, a couple names that I've seen floated out there already, one of those was Greg Olson, who is the analyst wow. for Fox, who does an absolutely stellar job. He is he's my favorite in-game announcer. And I agree. I know that I'm Tom right there Brady is due to like, take his place. I don't think he should. Like, if I were another network and I had money to throw around, I would go after Greg Olson. But it sounds like maybe he's interested in that Panthers job. And maybe hmm. you give him a chance. It's a weird thing. We see it in other sports all the time. Uh, a catcher will retire in baseball, and in two years he's the manager of a major league team. A guy will retire in the NBA. Two years later he's the head coach of a team. Or, you know, you'll get guys like Steve Nash that were never an actual coach or a head coach and then boom they are the leader of a big team you don't really see that in the nfl but maybe we will with greg olson and i don't know I, I would like to see him in the booth but if he wants to be a head coach I, i'm sure that's just an itch that he's always wanted to scratch and now you get to do it with a team that you you played with so maybe he'll get yeah. his chance i don't know if it's a great fit maybe that's just because i'm a little biased and i like him in the booth but I have seen that there's a little bit of interest there. I completely forgot about Tom Brady going to Fox. So that's a, a good point to that. Because when I saw Greg Olson on the, on the rundown, I was like, ah, like, surely not, right? Like, surely he wouldn't want to go be a head coach. But, you know, you bring up the positional value of, of guys being coaches in other leagues, like you said, a catcher in baseball or point guard in basketball. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's tight ends in football. You know, we, yeah. we're getting to see that with Dan Campbell with the Lions. Like, maybe that's the position that gets every aspect of it from blocking to running routes. You know, you're understanding defenses. You're seeing things from a different perspective. Yeah. You're in the, the gruff of it all in the football realm of things. And now you just know how to communicate that. And the the football, the tight ends that we've seen in football lately have all been characters. They all have big personalities. Maybe that's just now coming to a spotlight. And Greg Olson was kind of the guy that maybe led that a little bit, too because he is so good at communicating things. And that's something else we see with a lot of great players have struggles with is being able to communicate what makes them good at what they do. We've seen Greg, Greg Olson already be able to explain that in the broadcast booth. Maybe that is, if, if it does happen for the Panthers that way, you better be thanking all your lucky stars because holy cow. I think we're seeing like, we're almost seeing like a run. Like it's trendy to go after old players. Because mm -hmm. even like looking at the Raiders and what they've done, 
they've been playing very good football um, under their coach, whose name I can't An- even think Antonio of. Pierce. Yes, Pierce, thank you. Uh, they've looked really good, and it seems like they've kind of rallied the troops. I know they've lost. You lost to the Dolphins. You lost to the Chiefs. Yeah. They were going to do that anyway. <laughs> yeah. like, no matter who was coaching that team, <laughs> yep. you're going to lose to those two teams. But it seems like they really have rallied around that coach. And maybe those guys that have just been in the locker room, maybe it is a good fit in the NFL for this day and age. Uh, even guys that were seeing be successful, like a Dan Campbell. He was in the NFL. Like you said, he was a tight end. Uh, maybe it is time for some of these guys to do it. I, I think they probably know a lot of the ins and outs, especially Greg Olson. It's not like he's been removed from the game for a long time. He's yeah. still in it. So uh, I, if he does become the head coach, I hope he's very successful. I just, I really like him. I'm a fan of Greg Olson. The, the other thing that really surprised me with the firing of Frank Reich was that Deuce Staley was quickly behind it in the firing mm, because yeah. this yeah. is a guy who was in head coach discussions two years ago with Dan Campbell, right? Like yep. the running backs coach and offensive coordinator, running backs coach and assistant coach with the Lions. And then he makes the jump to Carolina, and it felt like everyone loved Deuce Staley. Everyone thought he was going to be a future head coach. Now it's just you make the jump to Carolina, you leave Detroit, and boom, now you're fired. It's just a weird spot to be in, and it's quickly mm-hmm. – it's, it's a it's insane how quickly things can change in terms of a guy possibly becoming a head coach or being the next dude. And then it's actually, you decided to move jobs and now you're fired and good luck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we talked about Joe Brady last week. Like Mm -hmm. he looked like he was going to be the next great thing. And then he kind of failed out as a coordinator and then he was a quarterback coach. And now you're kind of seeing his name resurface a little bit. Uh, But it seems like he was, you know, a guy that was going to be up for a lot of big things. And, uh, Eric Bieniemy even never really got that head coaching job, and now I I don't even know that we're going to see his name really. I think we're going to see his name rumored or tied to certain teams. Yeah. I don't know that it's a real option. Uh, sadly, I think some teams are maybe going to interview him because of the Rooney rule yeah. and, and get him in there, or maybe want to pick his brain a little bit about what the Chiefs were doing on offense for all those years. But I don't know that any NFL team is really viewing him as a – legitimate head coach candidate and he just he kind of missed his opportunity and so we'll see what happens this coaching carousel uh, already off and running in college football and in the nfl Uh, you've got the raiders who have fired their head coach now you've got the panthers who have fired their head coach so uh, we're going to see a lot more too i mean the bills have been playing awful i don't think that their coaches maybe i think he's on the hot seat but i think that he's okay for this year, just because he, you've got some leeway there in the NFL where he's done so well. Yeah. You're probably not going to let him go. But, man, it's looking rough in Buffalo. They're I mean, like, you what, can six and six this year? Uh, yeah, it, it's not looking good at all right now. And you're right right there with Sean McDermott on there's going to be some leniency there just because he helped change the franchise, mm-hmm. you know, to be where they're at and kind of lead them in the right direction. But right now, like – that leniency can quickly dissolve where if you have another like couple bad losses here, and I don't know if you know really he is to blame, and I don't really think there's anybody on the Bills to blame, just aside from the fact of like you just you missed your Super Bowl window. Like some of these guys are getting older, you know, you weren't really able to kind of get new guys in to help keep building and moving in the right direction. And you know, I don't want to put blame on Brandon Bean at all because I don't think it's necessarily him either. It's just. Right, kind of how the seasons fell, and you've been in a lot of close games, and you have been the last five years as well with Josh Allen. It's just you've essentially kind of been able to overcome those 
tough games, and he's been able to make that extra play, and right now they're not. And I believe it was Chris Sims that said, you know, hey, the Bills are allowed to win a football game without Josh Allen having to do everything. And, like, once he said that, I was like, you know, that's a solid point. Like, it does come down to Josh Allen making, you know, he throws right. interception, and we're like, oh, God, the Bills are going to lose. Like, hey, defense, like, why don't you go get an interception? Why don't you have a big sack? Like, why don't you make, you know, a momentum-changing type of play and get the ball to your offense and put them in a good spot to go score? We don't see that part with the Bills, right? They're just always in these back-and-forth shootouts, and that's the, the games we love to see where Josh Allen just makes play after play after play. You can't essentially – you can't expect him to do that all the time again and again, you, and now they've reached yeah. that point. You see it with other teams. You see it with the Chiefs. You see it with yes. uh, the Ravens, uh, you know, where Lamar Jackson will have a, a solid game, but he's not out there winning it for them. Yep. And as you and I as Chiefs fans, we've seen it a bunch of times this year. We're starting it's, to see it with the Chargers. Yeah, even the Chargers. The Chargers are another team that they are probably a couple weeks away from firing their head coach as well. He I'm should be fired. <laughs> at 4-7 and seven with that roster, with that quarterback, that's just tough. Like I know that a lot of people say you don't want to talk about another man's job, but you're 4-7. That's <laughs> you what we're going to do. play the Broncos though. and the Raiders. So <laughs> you need to have some wins, and they don't. And like I said, with Justin Herbert, there's really it's not an excuse. You've got the pieces. You've got the receivers. You've got players on defense. The Chargers should be winning more games. I, I, if I had to bet on it, and you probably can, the next head coach that gets fired in the NFL, I, I think it's going to be uh, Staley with the Chargers. Yeah. And, uh, again, it's a very surprise that hasn't happened yet. Jim Harbaugh is another name that you have on here mm-hmm. for a potential head coach job in the NFL, or you know, maybe, yeah. doesn't, maybe stays in Michigan, maybe it doesn't. But it just feels like the best move going forward for Michigan and Jim Harbaugh is to just kind of let it end. I mean, either die a hero or, you know, you live long enough to see yourself become the villain, right? Like, that's just the best quote from Batman, big Batman fan here. But, like, this is your time as Jim Harbaugh to leave Michigan as a hero. Because four or five years, four years ago, right, like, you took a pay cut to remain the head coach at Michigan. You were about to be fired. The golden boy coming home to be the head coach of Michigan was almost fired for that. You've now rallied off three straight wins against Ohio State. Mm-hmm. you got a Heisman candidate at quarterback. You've put good talent in the NFL and developing players, and the Big Ten's coming at you, the NCAA's coming at you, the fan base is completely rallying behind you as well. This is the time you leave, and everyone talks about your time at Michigan and just a resounding success of happiness and love. Yeah, just go out on your shield. If exactly. Because yep. he's, he's going to be back for those college football playoff games. And mm-hmm. uh, he has kind of hinted at the NFL for a long time as well. Uh, back in the day, not too long ago, when he was kind of struggling at Michigan, it's like, okay, is he going to try to get back in the NFL world? And then um, you know, even when things started to happen in the offseason, it was rumored that he might be interested in the NFL. So as these jobs open, I, when the Raiders fired their head coach, McDaniels, Harbaugh was rumored. Now the Panthers have fired their coach, Harbaugh is rumored. And they might have their next guy at Michigan because Shimon Moore is doing – <laughs> a really good job. Like, yeah. You win a couple games, and it's like, okay. But to come out and beat Ohio State like they did, he's been pretty impressive. So if they do have to move on from Harbaugh for some reason, I think they might have their guy in waiting. I mean, you get wins against, uh, who I think it was Maryland and Ohio State. but And Penn State. Yeah, getting that win. Yeah, and Penn State was that first one. Getting a win on Ohio State, I, I think that, the players are responding to him, and he can say he loves Harbaugh very much and all that stuff. He can cry at every press conference he does. But, I mean, 
if he were given that opportunity, he's going to jump on that job. It's one of the best in the country. <laughs> You'd be an idiot not to. <laughs> uh, I mean, just it, it's kind of one of those deals. And, you know, little alma mater here for me in Missouri State, former head coach just and former head coach at Arkansas, just accepted the offensive coordinator position back with Arkansas for the Razorbacks. I saw sure that it was rumored that he might – and that he had even like come out and said, "Hey, I'm getting some some SEC offers." Just yeah. so you know, did he we'll forget see. that he was already in the SEC as right. an offensive <laughs> coordinator? So it just <laughs> uh, Texas A&M will do that to you. They'll just they'll screw up your whole brain. <laughs> and, uh, maybe when you're getting your butt kicked like A&M was week in week out, you just kind of forget that you are an SEC school too. But I, that was just such a mess. Oh, I just so much worse than it should have been. And you essentially hired the same guy, in my opinion. The head oh, yeah. coach of Kentucky or head coach of Duke. I thought they were the same school for the longest time growing up anyways. Blue and white, really good at basketball. Fuck. <laughs> Sucks at football. Who cares? Like now it's just you get to this point, it's like, okay, both programs are turned around heading in the right direction. Which guy do you want? First yeah, guy like, fan base just one? revolts. Now it's like, okay, what about the other one? Or good. Like it's so stupid. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see what happens with A&M. I know that what I haven't seen for the first time in forever is, oh, Texas is in trouble. Look out for what you hired at A&M. Because I have seen that every single time that A&M hires a coach. I can remember a teacher of mine in junior high when Texas A&M hired, uh, I think it was Dennis Francioni, who was a guy that was like local. He had been at Pitt State, my alma mater, and then he took over at A&M. And people in the area were like, oh, man, he's going he's gonna to do things. <laughs> he did not do things. And then I, they brought in, like, Sherman from the NFL. I was like, look out. They're going to have some things going on. You bring on Jimbo Fisher. It's just every year, every not every year, every time they hire a head coach at A&M, everybody gets all excited. The problem is this time, like, nobody is super excited. <laughs> So he's probably going to do one hell of a job. Yeah, I was going to say, he's going to be like the best hire they've ever had, and they almost uh -huh. messed it up. Yeah. Way to uh, go, Texas A&M. This weekend, I did say I'd be parked on my couch uh, the whole time, and I mean it because it's just such a fantastic weekend. It's conference championship week, and we're going to preview it a little bit today. But this one feels different even because a lot of times with the conference championship games, you just you kind of know what's going to happen, and I feel like all of these are – are pretty unpredictable. Even when you look at the SEC, you have Georgia versus Alabama. Georgia is the two-time defending champ, but Alabama is really starting to click and really starting yeah. to peak right now. And they've upset Georgia before in uh, recent years. Yep. So I'm not too sure that uh, Georgia just comes out and wins this thing. I would not be surprised if Alabama can get an upset. Uh, then you have the Pac-12 championship game, which is – it's like a mini national championship. Yeah, so this game means Oregon. the most, yeah. And then it's on a neutral site this time. Like, that's something we've been talking about all year. Of like, what would happen if Oregon got their chance and it wasn't in Washington? Well, we're going to find out on Saturday. Uh, Friday night, actually. The ACC championship, Florida State versus Louisville. A couple weeks ago, that looked like a very easy win for Florida State. Now they're down their starting quarterback. I think it's wide open for Louisville. We'll see what happens with that one. And then the Big 12, Texas versus Oklahoma State. Texas has beat Oklahoma State. I'm not super confident. I don't know how you're feeling about that one. Same. This does feel like one of those games where Texas overlooks an opponent. They start feeling themselves a little bit. They get too cocky, and then they come out 
and just get hit straight in the mouth by a running back that nobody can tackle. Yep, and, and like and has been dominating all year and should mm-hmm. be getting a lot more Heisman love than probably what he's receiving. And yeah. I I think that point you made about Texas just kind of overlooking appointment uh, an opponent excuse me is so fair because they finally blew somebody out. You know that's something we've been talking about all years. Like Texas is winning games, but they're not blowing anybody out of the water yet, and that's the concern if it comes down to a playoff committee. You know having to decide yeah. to put a one loss team into the Final Four here. Mm-hmm. And it will, then blowing out Texas Tech fifty to seven. And then coming to play Oklahoma State, like, yeah, like this is just a recipe, again, for disaster. That's going to be my, my thing for today, a recipe for disaster of Texas thinking they're top dogs again. And they're just like, ah, it's Oklahoma State, no big deal. Last year in the Big 12, we're fine. Boom, you're going to lose by 10. Like, it yeah. just, that's what it feels like. I hope we're wrong. But mm-hmm. that, like, if Texas loses, they're already out of it. But my, my concern and thought here is, let's say Oregon beats Washington. I think we're on page there. Louisville beats, beats Florida State. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. everyone then continues to bring up the point of like, okay, what if Alabama brings up Georgia? I just, Alabama almost lost to Auburn. A fourth and 30 miracle throw, mm-hmm. the mill throw, like one out of a thousand times that probably freaking happens, okay? Alabama probably should be two losses here. They're immediately out of discussion. They win. Georgia, in my mind, beats Alabama. Like, I just, I think that's going to happen. Then that puts Texas in a spot of they're still on the outside looking in because a one-loss Oregon who just won the Pac-12 is still going to get in over them. Yep. And then it puts Ohio State in a spot where, like, well, you only lost to Michigan, and Louisville beat Florida State. Ohio State, like, Texas could win this game and still not make it, even if Florida State and Washington lose. That's going to be the heartbreaking part of this. If you are like us and you are a Texas fan, this weekend you are also a Louisville Cardinal fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if Louisville beats Florida State, I think Texas will get in. That's really? the only scenario where I see Texas getting into the playoff is just based off that. Uh, because if Alabama wins over Georgia, I think Alabama and Georgia could both get in. I assume Michigan is going to win over Iowa. Uh, that's the only one that I'm feeling super confident in. And then one of Oregon and Washington is going to get in. So I, I feel like there are three pretty certainties. And then you have, like, Louisville. You need Louisville to win against Florida State. And then I think Texas can get in and be that fourth seed. You might play a, a really good Georgia team. Uh, you might play a really good Michigan team. But you you might get in, and that's uh, that's what we're looking forward to. And, and honestly, for me, I, I've said that Texas will be back once they win 10 games and they're playing for conference championships. That's what they're doing this year. So as a Texas fan, I'm I'm very happy with what they've done so far this year. And I already told people, like, if Texas wins the Big 12, I might cry. Like, I <laughs> might actually have tears of joy just because there were years when I didn't know if this would be a reality again. And now they might do it in their last year in the Big 12. So, I mean, yeah. maybe I should go live if Texas wins the Big 12 because I, I think I will, I will probably tear up. I will probably have to update the cry sheet. <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy to hear that. I don't think I will cry, but it's more so just the, okay, I'm glad we're, we're leaving the Big 12 on top, but also let me, like, let my happiness and my bet and let Texas in the playoff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, the bet, and that's the important one. Um, yeah. there, there are crazy scenarios, though, all over. Uh, it's all going to start on Friday night, like I said, with the Pac-12 game. Uh, you have Washington versus Oregon. That's the most important game of probably the whole weekend because those teams both look very good. 
I, I don't even – both those teams could get in. It's a, it could be a wild weekend where I could see both teams getting in, maybe with an SEC school, maybe with uh, a Big Ten school eh, where you get both those guys in. So I, I guess maybe we probably need to root for Washington and Louisville as Texas fans. But that's going to be another one of those, like I said, mini national championship games. It, it feels like a playoff game. And Oregon is the favorite in this one. They, they're getting mm-hmm. nine and a half points. Right now, that feels like a lot, yes. considering Washington did beat them. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's pretty crazy uh, to see that line that high. But I, I don't know about you. You've been on Washington all year. Or, sorry, Oregon all year. Yeah. I'm kind of going with the Ducks. I don't know if I would bet the spread on that one. That's but tough. I, Oregon's I, lost. Lock it in. <laughs> I think Oregon is probably going to win uh, the Pac-12 this year. And, you know, it would be exciting because I think I, my other playoff bet is for Oregon to make it. Um, so that would be fantastic. I think I had LSU as another one, too, and that's failed uh, already. Yeah, but that is what it is. Yeah. Um, but like, let's say let's say the final four is Georgia, Michigan, Texas, and Oregon. That would be such a beautiful final four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you're hitting so many spots in the country. The, the neutral site games are going to be great. Fan base-wise, it's going to be even better. Just yeah. I would love that. And, and my other thought with ESPN this is. or mm-hmm. the, the big networks, you're like, yes, thank God. We've got some big-time fan bases that will travel mm-hmm. everywhere that are going to tune in for these games. Not that the other schools won't. I mean, you've got some powerhouses there. But even just from like a fandom perspective, Oregon has a bigger fan base than Washington does. Yeah, Georgia and Alabama, you're good either way there. Getting Michigan in, you're good there. And then if you can get Texas in over a Florida State, you're you're probably pretty good there as well. It it, it should be a very exciting college football playoff. Let's say Iowa beats Michigan. What happens? <laughs> it's just chaos. Uh, Texas <laughs> gets in if they win. Uh, Washington and Oregon both get in, and then Alabama or Georgia. Like <laughs> it, it could get crazy. And then like I. I, would... I Alabama and Georgia, I don't – Georgia's not that impressive so far this year. This yeah. could be the game, They've though, where they nobody. show mm-hmm. Yeah. And they just you know roll Alabama. So here's the thing. Alabama beats Georgia. Iowa beats Michigan. Oregon beats Washington. Louisville beats Florida State. 16 playoff. <laughs> Everyone's got one loss. I mean, it just – the committee would be like, oh, like everyone yeah, has one up. loss here. Yeah. <laughs> 18 playoff, forget about it. Here we go. We have changed our mind. We are letting all 12 teams in this year because we don't know what to do. Why can't Uh, they do that? Why can't they just be like, surprise, 18 playoff next year, 12? (laughs) Yeah. Like, what's holding them back? Like, you're immediately going to make advertising dollars on that. I mean, they're in charge. Logistically, it would suck. You would not schedule everything. You you can make it happen. You put in some overtime. Yeah, they could. They won't. Fourth quarter numbers would be through the roof, though, in terms of business. Everyone's getting lazy right now anyways, looking forward to next year. That's why there's a New Year's Six Bowl games. Quarter one starting the year off with a bang. (laughs) What up? (laughs) But it's like, maybe let's end the year with one, too. Yeah, there you go. Maybe just put you in charge. There you go. You're the new commissioner. I would love that, actually. Have everyone yell at me again. Woohoo! And this weekend um, also is very important because – the two front runners for the Heisman, you have Bo Nix as the front runner right now. Uh, but then you also have Michael Penix Jr., who I think is like third in betting odds right now, playing yes. each other on a Friday night. 
And the one thing that I did want to bring up today is that Heisman votes uh, went out. Heisman ballots went out to voters yesterday, so they could cast their vote their vote yesterday. And oh. if any Heisman voter has already submitted their vote, they should lose their their vote because it is not over yet. You have a very big important game, and if you are casting your vote on a Monday or a Tuesday. You are just not paying attention to what is going on. Uh, at earliest, votes are due on Monday. The earliest you should vote is Friday night, like Saturday morning. Yeah. It, because you have to see Bo Nix and what he does in this game. Because if he does have one of those Auburn Bo Nix games, Jaden Daniels should be the Heisman winner. Because he <laughs> yeah. put up ridiculous numbers all year. Lamar Jackson-type numbers, yeah. Exactly. And if Bo Nix comes out and throws for... 300 yards and two touchdowns. Or he throws for 250 yards and two touchdowns. He should be the Heisman Trophy winner. But if Oregon loses and he throws an interception or two, it should probably go to Jalen Daniels. So uh, I hope that Heisman voters are kind of sitting on those ballots and making sure that they're watching games because I hate when people just cast their vote early and then you don't. You should take in the full season. The fact that they even handed out ballots early like this is stupid you should almost i don't know how they do it it should all be electronic if yeah. you're too old and you don't know how to use technology sorry you don't get to vote you should be <laughs> able lost to drive uh, <laughs> yes you just don't get to anymore sorry about you you should be casting your vote friday night when the pac-12 championship game is over or maybe even saturday after all those games i think like i think that's the fair thing is I mean, put it on sun, like Sunday at noon Eastern time. Your vote has to be in. Mm-hmm. Like we need to have a ballot tracker. Why do we not have one? We have a tracker for everything else. Why not a Heisman ballot tracker? Mm-hmm. Like when CNN does the uh, presidential election, yeah. like, tracking each state. We like, need we need a wolf up there telling us what's going on <laughs> per yeah, state. Looking at the vote. These counties right state. here. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Looks like we have all three votes in from Oklahoma. <laughs> weirdly enough, Dylan Gabriel now has three first place votes. <laughs> yeah. Wow, Baker, way to go. I hate you the yeah. more. Uh, it would be cool. I would watch it because I'm a nerd. Um, another thing that has happened this year is the transfer portal is starting to open. And we've already seen some quarterbacks enter. Uh, even I think it was today, maybe yesterday. Will Howard from K-State entered the transfer portal, and so did Tyler Van Dyke from Miami. Those are interesting names. Um, man, I'm so <laughs> cautious, though, right now. Yeah. Because the two Heisman guys that we just mentioned are transfer portal guys. Ah, oh, that's a good point. Jaden Daniels left Arizona yeah. State, and it's like, eh, he probably needed to go. Like, he might go to LSU and be the starter. Let's remember that. He wasn't even guaranteed the starting job when he went to LSU. And he won the job, and now he's going to be a Heisman finalist. Was that this it, year, though, or was he there last, was last year, too? Year. Yeah, okay, this is okay. the second year there. But similar story with Bo Nix. He left mm-hmm. Auburn, was like laughed out of Auburn. People yes. did not think he was good. I, hand up, I was one of them. Uh, <laughs> and then he goes to Oregon, has a really good season. And then even last year, I was like, eh, let's see if he can do it again. And he has an even better season yeah. this year. Like He's probably going to win the Heisman. So even looking at guys like Will Howard and Tyler Van Dyke, I'm a little cautious to say, like, yeah, they're not big-time prospects. 
they're not going to really make much of a difference in college football because they might go to the right system. They might go to Oregon or LSU and end up as Heisman Trophy guys. With these two, I'm going to say they don't. <laughs> like, no, if, yeah. you're, if you're like, you know, Jake Daniels, we at least we saw some magic happen at Arizona State where it's like, okay, like develop a little bit more. It looks great here. You got extra talent at LSU to help you out. <laughs> Will Howard, he ain't doing that. All right, this guy, <laughs> six five, two forty, fourth in goal against Texas. Call your own play. Call your own number. Run a sneak and go score the ball. No, you try to do a rollout to the right. Come back to your left. Lose your footing. Fall. Almost throw an interception. You're no success for you going forward. I've given up on you right there. Van Dyke, two years ago, you were supposed to be the guy. You've been nothing. Yeah, I, I like, remember. I left him off of my like watch list like quarterback watch list for the draft at the beginning of the year mm-hmm. and people uh had somebody contact me like hey left off my guy like mm, on purpose <laughs> <laughs> you I had uh, I mean, I was it was two there. or three years ago you had van dyke and the kid from boston college ended up having a, an elbow injury and pretty much just kind yeah. of an it uh-huh. his yeah. name yeah. slipped in my mind were, uh mine too son of a gun Yep, totally blanked. He had like because. a Roethlisberger type build, but yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, man, isn't that so bad? Just twenty-two year old kids just trying to make a dream. Like, damn, forgot about you. Hurt your elbow. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, the loser, dude. Mean nothing to me anymore. <laughs> yeah. uh, that is that is an awful thing. Uh, this weekend, though, speaking of Will Howard, the K State and Iowa State game oh. was one of the funnest football games I've watched all year. And even like our guy Brooks was messaging me too, like, hey, there's a legit snow game. And I was already watching it. So one of my things about snow games is that I hate when I turn on like the the NFL preview shows and you'll get Adam Schefter or whoever else it is. Yeah. And they'll show like the field in Denver or Buffalo or Green Bay. It always feels like those three cities. They show the field and it's covered in snow and you think, man, this is going to be a good one. Yeah. You get clips of Patrick Mahomes saying like, I'm a snow game guy and all this stuff. It gets me excited. It takes me back to like my youth playing uh, backyard football, uh, six inches of snow, padded up with all kinds of coats and sweats and everything. Yes. And then you watch these games. You turn it on at, at noon or one, whatever it is for kickoff for you. And the field is just as green as can be. <laughs> and it legitimately pisses me off. And they I praise the field hate. crew. Like, yeah. oh, man, the Crowns crew, you know, they were out here all night shoveling snow. Like, no, go to bed. We want it. We want you to be bad at your job. Mm-hmm. Like, are players going to get hurt? Maybe. That's what you <laughs> signed up for. Like, yeah. you you play on these synthetic grass fields. You're probably going to get hurt on those anyway. You're probably not Playing tearing your snow. Achilles in the snow. You know what I mean? You're Just... not moving fast enough. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I want that in the NFL, and it never happens. Most of these teams have heaters in their field now. Yeah. But we got it on Saturday with K-State and Iowa State, and it was beautiful. Like, there was so much snow that it was piled up on the goalpost. Uh, it was starting to uh, compact on the helmets of players, and they were barely doing anything on the field. Like There were no heaters under the field melting everything. They had a guy with a leaf blower, and I'm pretty sure it was just like a Walmart heart brand they bought it two hours before the game like oh shit we got a snow game (laughs) Uh uh-huh yeah they they just only had one somebody on campus and it was not working well for them like shout out to those guys for trying and thank you for not doing a good job because it was very exciting from the first play the first play was like a 71 yard 
rushing touchdown by Iowa State. Yeah, and, and all the their plays game. were like all their scoring touchdowns. I think were fifty yard explosive type plays. Yeah, the whole game was just full of big plays. I, I think it was K State was like super conservative, trying to run clock, but the score was still like forty two to thirty five. It was a very good football game, and covered in snow. And that's what I need more of. We're here at the end of November, going into December. The NFL, like, stop. I've I'm to the point now where I don't even get excited about snow games in the NFL. I finally have learned my lesson mm-hmm. after you know, 36 years of being fooled. <laughs> Although when I was, I can remember like games when I was a kid and there was actual snow on the field. Yeah, but you would watch like the early 2010s. We got to see like was it Shady McCoy in Buffalo like have a big game like those were the type of. Mm-hmm. We're not getting snow games like that anymore. Like I think even Buffalo has the heaters now and their grounds crew is probably the best in the league at dealing with snow. Blah 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 blah. So, yeah, we probably just won't get like, it. The fans will. Best. The fans in the stands, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. They're not sweeping that out, yeah. but. No, throwing snowballs and stuff like that. Or like the tailgaters. <laughs> the best videos you're going to get are from tailgaters jumping Very through true. tables and building snowmen. Even like the college football game that I watched, yeah, I think it was K-State fans were just building snowmen on the sidelines in the stands because there was so much snow. It was a beautiful <laughs> sight. <laughs> that's amazing. I didn't see that, but that's great. Yeah. No, I, I big snow game guy. Not to play in, obviously, because I'm old. But I, I love watching it. I know it's sloppy, and it's really it's not good football, but it's fun. Like, it's I, I don't good care. enough. I've watched Iowa play football this year in mm-hmm. like 85 degrees with no wind. That's not good <laughs> football either. They score 13 points a game. God. So, yeah, give me Iowa State scoring 42 in the snow. And Iowa, we didn't we didn't really even talk about them. They do play Michigan. That is one. It's almost impressive. It is impressive. How why do well I get the play. gut feeling Iowa just like sneaks out a win? <laughs> You're just going up upsets on everything. I, I just kind of like I'm rooting for it. Like we talk about rooting for chaos. Like absolutely. Like Iowa has just slid underneath the radar all freaking year. They've well, not had any them. big explosive wins. They've, every game, I think, has been the under except for two. Yeah. And I've yeah. bet the over for all of them. And have you really on it. Iowa? Just me. I want to be able to tell my kids one day, like, I hit the over on Iowa. Uh-huh. Yeah. The over-under for the Michigan-Iowa game is 35-and-a-half, which is probably their biggest one all season. But Michigan is favored by 23 points. <laughs> like they you could it. hit the under and get the spread. <laughs> Right, it might be twenty-four to nothing. Like that's that bet would have to pay off pretty good if you bet the under. And I the might try that. <laughs> you might as well because honestly, that might be your safest bet. Yeah, the under. Like Michigan hasn't been scoring a ton of points. The Iowa defense is pretty good. I don't know that Iowa's going to score at all. This could turn into a ground-and-pound game, which you would absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, Michigan's, Michigan's already proved yes. we can run the ball for a half, and I was like, we've been doing it all game every year. <laughs> we or every game all year. on this exact football. Pound the so rock. It's going to be a traditional Big Ten game to where it is, it's just going to be like 45 rushing attempts, 12 passes, and that's all. <laughs> but you are right. I would – I would really enjoy that. That's my brand of football. I, I like it. You Just four yards at a time is all you need. You don't need <laughs> explosive plays. You don't need runs of 20-plus. Give me four yards every play. And four yards I'm, and a cloud of dust, baby. I'm happy. 
<laughs> exactly. See, now I'm getting excited about that one, <laughs> too. Um, and it's it's almost draft season, too. Uh, a lot of decisions to be made with a lot of these quarterbacks that are that are still in college. It sounds like a lot of them are toying around with the idea of going back to college just because the draft class next year is so weak. Uh, you have some guys that are at the top of this class, Caleb Williams and Drake May. They are going to come out. They're, they're going to be in the NFL. They're going to be very high picks. I know a lot of people still have Drake May ahead of Caleb Williams even. Yeah. But then you have some seniors, uh, Michael Penix at Washington. I assume he doesn't have any more eligibility. He's another one of those transfer guys. Jaden Daniels at LSU. His draft stock has skyrocketed with his play this year. And Bo Nix at Oregon. I assume all those guys are out of eligibility. I could be wrong because who knows with college football anymore. Yeah. But, you know, you have a lot of other guys like a Quinn Ewers. It really sounds like he's going to go back to Texas, which is a big surprise. I, I know that we've been talking about it for a long time of, okay, Quinn's going to come in. He's going to start for two years. And then Arch Manning is going to be the starter when they go to the SEC. Yep. It really sounds like he is leaning towards going back to Texas, which is probably the right move for him. Yeah. And I, I think that he's started to get his body right. He Now you start need to probably pack on some muscle. Uh, you yeah. cut some weight. Cool. Now maybe start to pack on some more muscle. And get that Bo Nix development. Can, like, you yeah, look at Bo Nix at, at, at Auburn to now at Oregon, like – that, that's a, a young man to a man. Like, you look at Bo Nix now, and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, I do not want to mess with that guy. And I was all about making fun of you at Auburn. I am no longer doing that at all. <laughs> and, like, Quinn Ewers, you could have that same transformation where you had that douchey-looking mullet leaving school early to go to Ohio State, and you come to Texas with it, and it's like, <laughs> dude, stupid tattoo, shitty hair, and now you've transformed to being the starter with the haircut. You look better. You're playing better in – just get yourself another year in the program with Texas. You know, you got other talent coming in as well. Um, yeah. I, I would like Sark it if he did stay. Coach. Exactly. And you get the introduction into the SEC. And if you play well with Texas into the SEC, that's uh, for Texas fans, it's a great time for Arch Manning to kind of see that and see where he's at in his development. But if Quinn Ewers can prove it then, then he will be the top guy because you're not competing yeah. right now with the Caleb Williams and Drake May who have been talked right. about for the last two years. Mm-hmm. And there's not, there's not a big name uh, in this coming class. Like you said, you have Caleb Williams and Drake May. They're huge names. But in that next class, in the, it's going to be the 2025 class, mm-hmm. there's not really anyone yet. And that's why even guys like J.J. McCarthy, I know a lot of people like him, he could go back to Michigan because he might be QB1 in the 2025 class. He could come back to yeah. Michigan and they might decide, hey, we are going to actually throw the ball just a little bit. Just a little <laughs> let NFL yep. teams see what we've lost know. quorum. We'll give you Sean. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Shador Sanders at Colorado is another name that he's going to come back to Colorado, hopefully healthy. Uh, but also Colorado, it just looks it's a very different story right now than what we were telling in September and October. Boy, it really is. But here's the thing that we've got to remember, too, with this is that the Pac-12 has been as good as it has been in per- <laughs> Six, seven years? I mean, the Pac-12 is dismantled, but now it's like, we're going to play really good football, and we might put two teams in the college football playoff. It's like, where has this been? We thought those two teams would be Oregon and USC, not necessarily Washington and Oregon. Or, you know, maybe you think Utah kind of makes a a slip into that as well, into the playoff with how well they played at the beginning of the year and end of last year, excuse me. 
but now you're in a spot where you're going for Colorado of like, okay, hey, we played in a really tough Pac-12. We won four games. We quickly realized with all these guys transferring, we have nothing on the offensive line, a defensive line. Now you're heading into the Big 12 where defense literally doesn't matter. Go get some more playmakers on offense, and then you're competing yeah. there because they make the jump next year. So it yeah. might be easier for them in the Big 12. One thing that's scary for them, though, is that their recruiting class is very bad. Like, yeah. It started out hot for Colorado, and they were getting some big-time recruits to commit. They have lost a lot of commitments mm-hmm. uh, from guys. I think I even saw one that decommitted from Colorado to go to Mizzou, and that's, that's not a good look for you. And they had a big-time quarterback that was supposed to commit. He decided to open up his recruitment, and he's if not losing anymore. If you're prime and you're losing recru- recruits to Eli Drinkwitz, <laughs> you really got to take a step back. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Mizzou's heading in the right direction. Love uh-huh. it, but like you're a football player, and you're like, I'm going to go play with Prime. He's going to be my coach. And then you're like, actually, this Eli Drinkwitz guy actually might have a little something better for me. Because like, oh. right, he's such a nerd, he's such a nerd. But Mizzou but it's looks Pete, so the good. players clearly love him. Like they, it looks like they love him. Well, and he's a great recruiter too. Like for years, <laughs> I know we live in Missouri, but for years, people have been talking about like, man, these recruiting classes at Missouri, they're pretty special. Coming into this season, a lot of Mizzou fans and you know people in the media were thinking like, he's not doing anything with these classes. They've yeah. had really good, historically good classes. And they're not doing anything. There's no production there. Now they've got it. Now they're <laughs> yeah. the third best team. And if in they the go SEC. win a bowl game and a New Year's Six matchup, look mm-hmm. out. Like Mizzou and the SEC, that could be fun for the next couple years. Yeah. And a lot of their guys, they've, they've got some guys coming back mm-hmm. too. Uh, their quarterback should be back. Luther Burden, the receiver, who might be the best receiver in football. Uh, uh, he's going to be back next pretty year. Pretty daggum close. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. And you know, our guy Tyler Warden here with us live tonight. Arizona also going to the Big 12 next yes. year. Yes. They have been incredibly good. Like, we've not <laughs> smoked talked about them Utah. Once. Held in with everybody else. <laughs> like, uh-huh. like, when they smoked Utah like that, like, I saw the score the next morning was like, oh, shit. Like, because like, I said Utah going to the Big 12 might be kind of like too easy of it, like, might be too small to jump. They need to try and find their way into the Big Ten and, and compete there and continue to grow the program. And it's like, man, Arizona thumped you. And I know Utah's dealing with some injuries and stuff. Starting quarterback's not there either. But, like, Arizona's also competed with everybody they've played this year. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I've paid attention to the Pac-12 more this year than I have my entire life. Like, I can wholeheartedly admit that. And Arizona's been a team every week where it's like, oh, like, all right, we'll see if they just do that again. And then they did it again every single week on just right. putting up points and playing good football. And they've got a good young quarterback, too. So, like, they could they could make noise next year in the back in the sorry, not the Pac-12, because mm. that won't exist, but in the Big 12. The Big 18, baby. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be so weird watching college football next year. Just – like, even this year, at the beginning of the year, we talked about how we didn't know where to find, like, games. Like, you have teams that aren't in the SEC kicking off at 2.30 on CBS. You've got yeah a big noon kickoff. Like, which big matchup are they going to have? You have games on Peacock. And next year, I'm just not going to know what conference these teams are in. Well, like, I'm like not going to watch Arizona not... and Colorado play or Utah and Colorado play and think, here we go, Big 12 matchup. In my brain, it's going to take a long time for them to be a Big 12 school. I just got used to like Colorado being in the Pac-12. 
And now <laughs> we're going no back joke. To the Big There's part 12. of me that still thinks Nebraska's in the Big 12. <laughs> like, yeah. honestly. And they've been in the Big 10 just as long as Colorado's been in the Pac-12. Yeah. So and it's, the only reason I would know that Mizzou is in the SEC is because everybody has made jokes about them joining the SEC. And like, hey, why'd you guys do that? It's do it's it's working out for him. The money year. has helped him out tremendously. Like mm-hmm. that, we, that's a program that made the right decision there. Or, um, like, I mentioned like Utah and Arizona. How about like USC? USC is going to play in the Big Ten next year. Like Oregon and USC are going to play a football game, and it's going to be a Big Ten matchup. Yeah, that's going to be Ew, that's kind of disgusting. It really like is. that's caca. Like that just <laughs> like icky. <laughs> but like, how could you let that conference fail? Imagine so USC playing Penn State in a night out like whiteout game. Mm-hmm. USC's not ready for that. Like they're they're not. Oh, and you have to travel there. To do yes, it? that's gonna suck. And it's gonna be cold. Like you like mm-hmm. USC has done well at recruiting in California. There's a lot of talent that's there. If you get a bunch of Cali boys staying in Cali and then make a cross country trip to the cold, it, it, it's not going to work out. Again, recipe for disaster. That's yeah. not going to be a good matchup. And then they, they lose a lot at USC, too. Obviously, Caleb Williams, too. Mm-hmm. I, I, looking back now, like, at that Lincoln-Riley hire, we'll see. They, they've had some pretty good recruiting classes. They, they should have a quarterback coming in that's pretty good. We'll see how they do now that they're joining the Big Ten because that is going to be a tough conference to play. I will say, if Will Howard goes to USC, <laughs> I'll change everything that I said about him. Because maybe Lincoln Riley sees something that I don't. Look at what he did for Jalen Hurts. <laughs> <laughs> like, no shit. Nick Saban looked at Jalen Hurts and said, damn, you're going to be a good running back. Yeah. Damn, we're going to need you to move. Lincoln Riley said, no, I can teach you how to throw the ball. Now he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Dude, I so, think Lincoln Riley looked at Jalen Hurts and said, never smile again. Maybe consider cutting your hair and just live in the weight room. And Jalen Hurts was like, you got it. And the NFL is like, that's a businessman. Like, that's uh-huh. how quickly that changed overnight for him, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just whole demeanor change yes. for him. It's working, though. Dude's good. Oh. Eagles look so good this year. That dude, like, Jalen Hurts is a, just a dude. <laughs> I just, you can't even like, – I love it. I, like, I've, I shitted on Jalen Hurts, and I didn't think he was going to be any good. He's proved me wrong, and I have never been happier to be wrong. Yeah. Because it's, just, it's yeah. so much fun seeing them win games and grit out these hard, tough matchups. And then you look at Jalen Hurts, and he's just a stone-cold killer. Yeah. I, like, that is a Philly core. Like, that is just it's insane how perfect that matchup is in Philly. And when it happened, mm-hmm. when he was drafted in the second round, it was like, what a stupid decision by Howie Rose. Yeah. Oh, That's got the greatest decision he's ever made in his life, yes. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, no, you guys can all go to hell. I've got, like, a Hall of Famer. Yeah, know, I've seen Howie Roseman in person. Like, it's very easy to be like, that dude doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. What an idiot. Yeah. This <laughs> nerd knows football. Yeah. Uh, yeah, better than all of us. Yeah, why don't you actually. take your back corner office again, loser? Why <laughs> yeah. am I a bully all of a sudden? What the heck? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, it was Jalen Hurts, too, that I don't remember if it was in his Alabama days or if it was after he transferred to Oklahoma. I think it was after it was at Oklahoma, but they had either won or lost a big game. 
And then video had kind of went viral of him in the weight room afterwards. Still and in his I football like, pants. Yes. Like, man, this dude is corny. Like, you're not yeah. actually in there. You've got a buddy videotaping you. You're not working out. You put some weights on the rack, and you're pretending to squat. It was real. Yes. <laughs> <It was> 100% he was putting work in. So I thought the same loss. thing until I looked at the weight and realized, like, he's squatting 450 pounds after a football game where he ran the ball like like designed runs like 13 or 14 times, I think was the stat. And it was like, yeah. you're doing that, taking a beating, running the ball up the middle, and now you're going to go squat 450 pounds for reps? Mm-hmm. No, sir. Yeah. Not cut out for that. Not me. <laughs> no, Wrong no bitch. Yeah. Yeah. I, he, he's a top five favorite player for me. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is my favorite player in the NFL. Justin Tucker is still one or two. He's right there in it. <laughs> Yeah, Jalen Hurts might be my third favorite player in the NFL. Uh, Devontae Smith is another one. Like his mic'd up moments, like Devontae <laughs> Smith just has the best personality. Are you going to be an Eagles fan? Is this is this? What it's kind of turning into that, dude. Like I got <laughs> an AFC team and an NFC team. It really mm-hmm. is. And, like Jason Kelsey. Like exactly. who the hell roots for a center? Like, but even looking at their defense, like all those guys are studs, like top to bottom. And now they well, might be getting Shaq Leonard, on, too. Everybody Fuck. gave up on Jalen Carter. And it's not like, man, this guy, he's not going to be successful in yeah, the NFL. Yeah, off-field I issues. Got, yeah, I got an alert over like Thanksgiving break. It's like, man, look at how good Jalen Carter is in the community. <laughs> the NFL said this dude couldn't play. And that well, he was going to be like a problem. Understandable. He tried to race people on a road. It did not go <laughs> right. well. But like PR-wise, full recovery. Yeah, he seems to be doing good. And I think a lot of people did say, like, he messed up, but he's a good person. Mm-hmm. We all messed up. His was really bad. It, you know, actually, in the NFL, it wasn't. Let's be honest. He yeah. made a mistake. We've heard there's some stories. <laughs> yeah. There's so much worse out there than what Jalen Carter did. So it is cool. I do. <laughs> I find myself rooting for the Eagles as well. And I've said it on here before, too. If the Chiefs are not in the Super Bowl, I'm rooting for the Eagles. Yeah. And even if the Eagles were to beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, I think I would be okay with that just because Philly's so easy to root for. Like all mm-hmm. those guys. I don't AJ Brown even. You know, everybody shit on the AJ Brown trade. And now yes. he's one of the best receivers in the league. And, and he did a special like one on one interview last Sunday before the game started. And he made a comment of like uh the question was like what Makes you think like you're like one of the better receivers in the league. It bottom line, he just goes like, once the ball touches my hands, like, <laughs> I know no one else has a chance. Like the confidence you have to have to be like, yeah, once the ball like <laughs> Marquez Valdez Scantling doesn't have that confidence. <laughs> no. Like he just he doesn't. AJ Brown's not. like He's touches awful. my hands. Pff, yeah, I got it. Yeah. Imagine AJ Brown on the Chiefs. I think about that a lot. I think Brett Veach made the call and the Titans told him no, which I get. We're not going to give him to the AFC team, but like, stop telling the Chiefs no. Someone needs to tell him yes and let him have a good receiver. Please. Because as much Please. as I want to root for Rasheed Rice, the last couple of years the Chiefs have had a young, prominent player that I've got excited for. Mm-hmm. Eventually they get arrested. <laughs> yeah. And that has been uh-huh. Willie Gay and Justin Ross. And I'm scared to root for She Rice now because of that. Because uh, bad Hunt. come in three. Um, Kareem Hunt, that's the third. I was going to say because thank bad things come in three. I've already hit my bad things at three. Rasheed Rice, let's go, bub. <laughs> yeah, Maybe. Yeah, I might be hesitant on that still. <laughs> yeah, the Chiefs are tough. It, it's 
I love him so much. I maybe stop being a second be chance team. team? Yeah, does it <laughs> yeah. have to be my team that gives everyone a second chance? And I know it's Andy <laughs> Reid. Like it was that way in Philadelphia too. It was like you're uh-huh. the guy giving Michael Vick a chance right out of prison. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, good for Andy to yeah. some of those guys good who needed that opportunity. Man, sometimes it sucks being the <laughs> fan of that team though. <laughs> Kansas City Criminals, what up? Yeah. All right. I think that's it for us. Oh, uh, we're going to end on that week. note? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> still still Chiefs fans. Very much so. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're just hard to root for. Eagles, pretty. But you know what? I hate the Eagles fans. Yeah, they are the worst. I don't know. Did you see the kid nice. do the fake high five yeah. and the flip off? I mm-hmm. loved that, actually. That was pretty, that was pretty that was <laughs> That was funny. If it were I gave me, a real though, big chuckle to that one. <laughs> you know, even if it were to me, though, I would get I would laugh at that. Oh, for sure. And then I would flip the kid back off and be like, oh, I'm so sorry, like looking for his dad. Like, <laughs> hey, I know you sent him to do that to me. I'm sorry I did it back. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, he's got to learn sometimes. Yeah. So that's what happens. <laughs> All right, consequences. We, we appreciate everybody tuning in. You can get this podcast wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it be um, Apple, Spotify, or right here in the Call and App. We appreciate you guys. And that's it for me in Big Country. We'll talk to you guys real soon.